I kind of wanted to put like a warning. The episode you're about to listen to contains 25 minutes of conversation about LCD sound systems. All my friends, please be advised. So I did not do that. I think you still should though. Oh, well, I can just click and drag, I suppose. But I, I guess, like, my impression of the album, though, it's it's fun, it's quirky. Um, I don't contemplate on it too much, uh, except yeah. for all my friends. Uh, for the most part, it's kind of fun, upbeat music that yeah. I, I kind of just, like, groove to. Because there's so much groove in it. Like, yeah, they, they take their time with the songs to really build it up. And by the end of the song, you're just in a completely different place than where you started. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. I guess, well, I guess... We should tell people what they're listening to. They've just been listening to us drone on for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, this is uh, Into the Echo, and it's where Clark and I kind of tackle... We've been doing a lot of playlists lately, so yeah, we're yeah. kind of getting back to the roots here and doing an album. Um, today's album is Sound of Silver by LCD Sound System. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in 2007. Under two different record companies, right? Yeah, which only seems fitting for them because they're such a crazy weird band yeah they're kind Um, of they have such a big heart and such a big part of themselves in the uk which is where their album i guess the first the album first dropped in the uk under capital uh Mm -hmm. and then like a week later it came out on dfa in the Mm -hmm. states uh but they are north american they are not from the uk they will yeah gladly remind you but for some reason they have stronger clout overseas yeah i can see it though i mean they have that that uk I definitely thought they were a, a UK band the first few times I listened to them. Uh, yeah. So it's it's good that they specified it. They kind of have that whole Kings of Leon thing where it's like, these guys don't sound like they're from here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they are. Uh, they so are. Sound of Silver, what... Uh, so you asked me a little bit in the pre-show kind of what my relationship with this album was. What's uh-huh. uh, what's your relationship with this album? Um, I was first introduced to this album my freshman year of college. I had a roommate that was super into it, and I was kind of he'd kind of just play it every now and then, and I didn't really know much about it. Mm. Um, but uh, um, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't know too much about it, but I kept listening to it kind of passively, and then I I downloaded it because he all right. I guess I just copied it from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back when you used to burn CDs for each other, you know? Yeah! Oh, those were good days. That was a, that was a good time. Um, mm. And I, I really started to kind of get into it because um, I really liked North American Scum at that time. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the song that yeah. hooked you? Because huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was still like looking for pretty much any song with any sort of jaded quality to it about where i live you know <laughs> now for anyone who's listened to the last episode that came out echoes without a cause we uh we we're not always happy with the country we live in so yeah yeah um, <laughs> and that's that's always been the case for me so like <laughs> i immediately glommed on to the song's title and its message um mm-hmm. which i think i think we need to save that one uh for a little later okay um and then from there i kind of got into the rest of the album and then i had i i was driving home for christmas i think it was maybe it was thanksgiving mm-hmm. um 
couple of years ago and I put this album on and then I had this, I was at like a particularly strange crossroads in my life where I was trying to like figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of contemplating all that while you're driving through Montana, which, which I mean, if you've ever done that before, you have plenty of time to think about your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, driving to Montana, it's really therapeutic though, because there's it mountains yeah. and fields and rivers and it's a, anything you want to see in the natural world. It's there. Yeah. Um, and kind of really gets, gets your thoughts going. And, uh, in particular, the song, all my friends came on and, mm. It was at that moment, like, as I was listening to that song, that I decided no matter what, how my situation was going to turn out at that time, that I was going to find a way to be fine with it Mm -hmm. and kind of do my thing and be confident with what I'm doing and be happy with what I'm doing. That's how it starts. We go back to you. Since then, I've been able to maintain that attitude towards things. So hmm. that was a like I was it was that song just happened to be there. I don't know if that's what did it, but it certainly helped. Yeah. Uh, that song was there for a huge turning point in my life. So hmm. this song has a lot of clout with me, a lot of personal personal uh, weight, I guess. And it's it just has a, it had like the perfect uh, the perfect mood that moment too because like you get done with all my friends uh which is you don't really know if it's if it sounds sad or if it sounds happy or what it's hard to pin down yeah it feels in my mind nostalgia is like one of the big things that comes to me oh yeah where it's like it, it just feels like this reminiscing and kind of looking at things in a different light it's mm-hmm. it is hard to say whether or not it's a happy song it's certainly it's certainly a poppy song but yeah and this is actually the first song I heard off the album. You introduced this to me. Um, oh, yeah. Me to this. Either way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you put it on when I had the big speakers in that place we lived together. And you're like, you oh, have to yeah. listen to this. Uh, and so I loved it the first time I listened to it. And then I think I, I love that it started off as, like, this kind of emotional um, kind of flag in the ground. Just where it's like, okay, I can... Uh, I can identify with this song and kind of relate to this song and process some feelings because of this song. That's like where it started for you. But what it became was like a song you put on when you were cleaning. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember like every time you'd go to clean the bathroom, you would pretty much put this song on. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it eventually it changed into a super contemplative, uh, emotive song for me. It just turned into 
just a happy song because it reminded me of that moment that I had where I knew everything was going to be fine. Not that I ever doubted that everything was going to be fine while I was cleaning the bathroom (laughs) because (laughs) that's a chore that I particularly enjoy. Yeah. I I thought everything was fine anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But for some reason that just seemed to fit. Hmm. Um, But like I said, it, it, and then it changes into the first the first song that I actually want to get into, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the more monumental songs on the album. But I just I think it's a great place to start because it gives you a good feel for the album. Mm-hmm. Is uh, us versus them? Oh yeah, awesome! I'm so willing to talk about this song. Yes. Um, uh, so disclosure: it is eight and a half minutes long, um, and if you don't like circa 1975 funk music, you're not going to like this song. Mm-hmm. But because... this is basically a very, like, what funk would have sounded like if they had all the production quality that they do now, back then. I like this song too because it's kind of a twofer like for the first six minutes or so you get you know this really funky like super um, bell driven stuff and then as soon as the bells cut out you get like two minutes of kind of this uh i guess it's still funk but it's just like the chanting it, it, yeah, it just feels different it picks up the bass picks up the pace too it starts doing like double notes and that kind of double note i'm sure is a technical term mm-hmm. um, double notes you know <laughs> Not that it went into sixteenths or anything. It's just double notes. <laughs> <laughs> double time. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. No. Uh, and this, um, this song just but, like I feel like it transforms towards the end. I mean, I'm listening to it now and it's like, eh, it's not as pronounced as I kinda had it in my head. But when you listen to yeah. the whole thing, it feels like it, it's definitely it takes you for a little bit of a ride. Sure, yeah. And and not only that, I mean not only that, but lyrically so lyrically this entire album is fairly simple mm-hmm. the only two the only two songs that um the only two songs that have a significant amount of lyrics are all my friends and someone great which are the two ballads mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um uh but other than that it's i mean you won't find many lyrics at all on these songs but yeah. they still say a lot yeah, and they do a lot with the little. There's some songs like "Get Innocuous" and stuff. I I didn't even look up the lyrics. It that song is just all about how it sounds to me and yeah, exactly, and how it vibes. Like I don't care about the lyrics, but "Us Versus Them" has some good. Um, I don't really. I'm trying to figure out like what this song is even about. <laughs> like yeah, so I think what kind of the over overarching feel of it is to me is like you know the first part man um the first part is like he's trying to kind of communicate a feeling of elation and happiness and i mean that's what the the whole musical soundscape does too Mm -hmm. um and then when he goes into that 
little breakdown after the second verse where he says cloud block out the sun yeah yeah he, um it's he's talking about something like coming in and ruining that you know like, like something unavoidable that's coming in and and disrupting whatever happiness was happening and i think the cloud that he's talking about is that there's always this dichotomy in society uh, and he repeats that over and over again. He says us and them over and over again, hmm. us and them over and over again. Like no matter how, like how much you want to get along with everybody and how much fun you guys are having and all that. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be like, there's always going to be a dichotomy between two groups of people and whichever, you know, it, those groups vary for sure. But with how society is structured, there's always, there's always, uh, you know, a, a little bit of animosity between the two groups. Yeah. Um, so us versus them. It, I think that's yeah a great place to start because it does show just how um, how dynamic and interesting their range of instruments and sounds can be. Uh, it sounds like there's a whole lot more than like three or four people playing instruments. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, and the voices change. You know, when he goes to that cloud block out the sudden. We get yeah. to hear this weird side of him, and and I don't know if it's the lead singer that goes into this particular voice, or if it's one of the backup singers, but he goes into that weird, like, back-of-the-throat voice where it's, yeah, like, a deeper thing. A, yeah. That's where it comes from, totally. I was trying to picture how you would sing that, and you'd definitely, like, tuck your chin in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not, um, you're not going to win awards for best singing with that type of technique, but it is, like, a style choice, and it's yeah. interesting. Absolutely. And then, and then you get like the, basically the, the outro turns into a round almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a couple different people singing the, the main hook or the, sorry, the, the verse, the outro verse. this would be so fun live oh yeah that's that's the thing about these guys is they're absolutely legendary for their live performance Mm. um which is impressive because again like there's no way this like they had to layer drums and layer guitar and everything to make this track possible on recording so it's like in order to capture that live you either need more people on stage or you need to do like a lot with a little and exactly uh, it seems like they kind of do the latter, where it's like yeah. they they slim like they streamline it down, but they still keep the feel and the energy. Yeah, and I love that. I love that really high pitched tom you get at the end of the song. That drum, <laughs> it's almost like a steel drum. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's kind of conga. It, it, it's uh, not what I was expecting, and that's just man. Their percussion in this album is excellent. Perfect. Yeah, I think they just nailed it. And then it almost sounds like it almost gets to the point where it feels like they're not even following like the people singing mm-hmm. aren't even really following it. They're not even like reading anything or like know the song. They're just kind of like going for it. Yeah. Know, I think it's, it's saying it's... whatever feels good at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I feel like they definitely brought in, you know, a couple friends, like just friends, friends into the studio. Yeah. And they're like, all right, 
this is a fun song. Let's all get yeah. a little bit tipsy. Let's eat some pizza. And then like, yeah. when we feel good and ready, let's go in and record some of this. So yeah, it's good. Sure. Um, I, man, it's, it's hard to not just like immediately start talking about like all my friends. Like, yeah, I know. I just we so badly it. want to be like, yeah, it's but let's like, talk about it. It's the monolith. We got to, I mean, well, either this or someone great is, is the, the pinnacle of this album, I think. Yeah. But, uh, um, but, but yeah, let's, let's do all my friends. I mean, that's a, obviously oh. I think it's a great song. We'll just get to it. All right. Yeah, I think so. so. Let's just, let's just reference it so we can keep talking about it throughout the album without having to. <laughs> without Absolutely. having people not know what it sounds like so this is a, a seven minute song um so i'm gonna have to break this down to some chunks for you so the song starts off right away with just uh, a piano that yeah, just at um, 140 bpm yeah which, which is fast if if you were able to play this for this entire seven and a half minute long song you're you would be amazing you'd be like a human metronome especially when it does that weird like triplet thing kind of yeah uh but it it's the same you, this piano is the only thing that persists through this entire song yeah i'll let you listen to a good chunk of that So when that sample cut off, you kind of heard the bass coming in and more instruments starting to develop, the the drums coming in on the snare a little bit, and it only gets better from there. But you can see how this is a tiny ripple and it's slowly becoming, you know, the size of the size of the whole pond and, and bringing more stuff behind it. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you were to just hear this song, I feel like. If you were able to just strip away the lyrics from this song and just hear the mm. instrumentation, mm-hmm. you would absolutely get a sense of what he's trying to communicate, even without the lyrics. Yeah, like it—it's a very reflective-sounding song. It—it it inspires nostalgia and reflection, even without <laughs> the words, which I think—I mean—that's amazing that they know how to craft that. Yeah, and man, when you say. Hmm. Sorry, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of stuff of us not knowing how to say stuff in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I can just feel that. That's okay. So, do you think that this song has a has a decent dose of sadness, or do you think that it's? <sighs> I yeah, but at this point in my life, you know, a few a few years ago, I would have I would have said yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. But first, at this point in my life, I think I'm starting to separate nostalgia from sadness. Yeah, and and nostalgia is becoming more of a positive thing. Um, it's like I enjoy letting myself go there, and and have nostalgia for things, um, and not whereas, feeling the need to like recreate it and bring it back. Yeah, whereas previously I would have nostalgia and wish that I could have brought it back. You know. Hmm. And really, that's what this song is about. Like yeah, this whole thing. Absolutely, yeah. It's like, uh, 
man, there's a lot of lyrics here, but he says like at one point you spent the first five years trying to get with the plan and the next five years trying to be with your friends again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Isn't that exa- true, that, man? That's the twenties right that's there. The, that's yeah. Twenties. <laughs> he spent 20 through 25 just trying to like live it up and really like, you know, get the most as you can out of your last years of college and the first years and, of the workforce. And yeah. And get with the plan, like get, get with, the professional life that you're supposed to have, you know? Yeah, I feel like you can and settle then, into a groove and succeed and, yeah. Yeah, and then after you're 25, your next five years, you try and get back with your friends, like, you realize that that's, that life is not all that you want. Yeah. And you try to patch up old relationships and get back with your friends, like, recreate all the good times that you guys had. Yeah, and, like, um, real talk, I... um. I moved back to Billings about like six months ago from New York and it took me the, the like a full year in New York to feel like I had a solid group of friends and people I could talk mm-hmm. to and where I felt comfortable in my own skin with my friends. Um, and then I, I come back here and it's taken me the full six months. It, it took me honestly until last weekend before I felt like I had a decent crew of friends. And You had friends again, yeah. And this is a town where, I mean, there are many people there's there's like 10 to 20 people that i would consider like close friends in this town that i've known for you know since high school since before high school and just so few of them are part of my life now and it's weird you know when i when i am yeah when i thought about moving back i'm like cool i can reconnect with these people i can you know get back to what i had with that original crew in billings because i had a big group of friends in this town yeah you did yeah you were a wanted man. Clark. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I kind of thought that it would be easy to make friends again and and easy to feel um, wanted and accepted in this town. But, man, <laughs> then I come back and, like, oh, everyone's married and, and they have a job or kids and, like, no time for me, you know? Yeah. And even the friends that are willing to hang out with me, you know, it's like I, I know there are people I could call and they'd be like, oh, Clark, good to hear from you. You know, let's talk and let's catch up. But there's a big difference between that and like having someone that's like, hey, let's go grab a beer. Like yeah. it, it, instead of it being this like normal, casual, we're buddies thing. Instead, yeah. it's this weird like you're a visitor in town. Let's it's like a yeah, it's like a let me I have to call a babysitter and then we can do this thing that we do once every six months. Yeah. Like, let's get coffee. And it's like, yeah. that's not that's, really what that, that doesn't sustain me day to day. That's the lamest shit ever. Yeah. Like it, it I, I don't mean that literally. Um, <laughs> it's all I had there for a bit. <laughs> I know, but like, but that it's, it's unfulfilling mm-hmm. when you want true friendship, you know, true friendship isn't like getting coffee with somebody every now and then. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's something you do with, with, with good acquaintances that like you have an interest in staying in touch with. Yeah, yeah. And but with friends, you go do everything, you know? Yeah, and you can call them with pretty much no notice and be like, hey, I'm heading to hike the rims. You want to come? And they could be like, uh, not this time, but hit me up next time, you know? And it's, it's yeah. like you can just have that casual. I, I love it when I get to a point with someone where I can have 30-second phone calls. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> that's an excellent thing for me, you know. Cause that's a like, good bar to set. Yeah, yeah. Like, can we have a good conversation, or can we get things accomplished without feeling all this weight and formality around it, and just have a thirty-second phone conversation? Um, yeah. And I'm definitely like that with Dan. I feel like I'm like that with you and Austin yeah. and Alejandro and stuff. But man, it took me a while. So this song hits pretty hard because I am past twenty-five, and I'm yeah. I'm getting closer to 30 now than I am to 25 and yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely feeling that, um, 
it, sometimes I'm, I'm just nostalgic for the times when I had just a full phone, you know? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly, I mean, I think that's, this, this album just came out at like the perfect time for us, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. like, and we're, we're revisiting it now in a time where it's, it, it's meaning has transformed into, um, into its, its more adult meaning, I think. Yeah, and we're reading it from the perspective of the writer as he was at the time. Like, we're not yeah. having to project our minds forward and think, like, you know, how was he feeling? It's like, nope, we, we're we right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so what uh, – I'm going to cut in another little bit, but I'll let you pick. Um, what are some of the lyrics that you feel are, are most important or that kind of drive this song? Yeah, let me, let me look them up real quick. There's so many. I have to find the right <laughs> – mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time not talking about the whole goddamn song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the two parts that I want to talk about and really like are uh, start about four ten four fifteen, when he says uh, the one we're running out of the drugs and the conversations winding away. I wouldn't trade one stupid decision for another five years of life. You drop the t- first ten years just as fast as you can, and the next ten people who are trying to be polite. When you're blowing 85 days in the middle of France, yeah, I know it gets tired. Only where are your friends tonight? I feel like this is the morsel out of this song. And and, yeah. and I will admit that's usually the exact passage where I tend to get like chills. Uh, yeah, for sure. Cause it, it asks those important questions without, I mean, he does actually ask a question, but <laughs> I feel like yeah. a few of the lines really kind of make you think about things like the one we're running out of the drugs and the conversations winding away. Uh, I think that's kind of, kind of talking about, when you first start to realize that, you know, you're kind of losing some of those moments that you had with all your close friends, like things are starting to get tired between all of you or like you're moving on to something else or whatever, whatever the situation may be. Well, that's kind of when the magic first starts to wear away. And and I think that's, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about how like conversations over coffee or, you know, these, these every six months conversations or whatever, how that's not like real good friendship. I feel like this embodies that. Where it's like, yeah, all right, we, we got our friends together. We're smoking some weed or whatever drugs they're doing. It's like, yeah, we're talking. But then eventually you just kind of run out of stuff to talk about because you're not living with each other. You're not living yeah. in the friendship. You're, you're all kind of separate, living your separate lives. So as soon as you kind of run out of common things to talk about, you're like, well, it's getting late. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I guess I better catch but the subway home. He kind of he kind of brings it back a little bit with the next two lines i wouldn't trade one stupid decision for another five years of life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's like he's definitely saying like i wouldn't 
although things are starting to wind down and I can tell things aren't going to be the same as they were, I wouldn't trade one thing that we did to add on to what's coming, you know? Yeah, and I, I would agree. I wouldn't go back and change anything about what we did together to make my next part, the next part of my life any longer. Yeah, because why stretch out a boring life? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. So this is, yeah, all my friends. And it, there's so much more to say. <laughs> I mean, we could do an entire episode on this song, I feel like. Yeah. Um, can we, oh, real quick, look at the line... Uh, and with a face like a dad and a laughable stand. What? Oh. <laughs> and I, I hadn't read that part of the lyrics. I'm going to play that for the listeners real quick. I just, I just love that having a face like a dad is a thing. <laughs> Yeah. I just love that dad face is... is <laughs> Hashtag dad like... face. <laughs> <laughs> there were dad bods, but now we're on to dad face. Now we're on dad face. Mm. Um, it is weird. I look at my friends who are dads, and I'm like, weird. You are a dad. Like, a child looks at you and is like, that's what dads look like. Whereas, like, yeah. I look at you, and I'm like, what a goober. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I picture him him describing himself here like talking about how old he's become mm-hmm. but he's still not taken seriously by all his friends because <laughs> he's not the family man yep and that's where the laughable stand comes in Ooh, i like that interpretation i i don't know it's just like i feel like that's how people that i know that have kids look at me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like don't take me seriously because i work at a grocery store and record a podcast every couple of weeks and like am happy with that and i'm happy with not having children whereas like some of my friends think that like the goal of life is children yeah yeah and i'm never gonna have serious be able to have serious conversation with them because they think that i'm stuck in some some level of immaturity because i'm not a true adult since i'm not married with children which like what yeah and i'm not going to downplay like i have no doubt that being a parent is one of the most challenging and rewarding things you can do it changes you as a person it challenges you every day but that sounds like life to me (laughs) like yeah i know yeah that's what life should be were you not being challenged constantly and rethinking things and, and pushing yourself further every day before kids Cause yeah, like, then I, you were, you were doing it wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like we just but you were doing and life you wrong. Kids and you're like, oh, life is hard. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, life's hard. <laughs> no shit, it's hard, man. <laughs> Come on. Why do you think I drink? Like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I. Well, I used to not drink for the taste, but now I do. Um, <laughs> oh, what are you drinking, by the way? Uh, coffee, because I'm too poor to afford booze at the moment. So. Oh. Maybe I'll get you some Christmas booze sometime. I've got, oh man, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't hate you for it, <laughs> uh, but I am drinking really good coffee. Yeah? Uh, since since I don't have a beer to, or wine to describe, uh, I'm drinking a, uh, a local roast, a medium roast uh, from Black Coffee Roasting Company. Nice. Uh, made it in a French press. Um, got just a touch of cream in there. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Man, Black Coffee, they can, their dark roast is like proper sludge. They do such mm-hmm. a good job with it. Um, yeah, it is proper sludge. Yeah, it's like, like downright. You, you feel your teeth hurting. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're just chewing on garden soil. It's excellent. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, good choice. 
I'm anyway, sick. yeah, what what adult beverage do you have? Uh, I'm drinking some Choya Ume Japanese Plum Wine. That's amazing. Imported. Yeah, my buddy Austin got it thinking it would be like the plum wine he had in Las Vegas. Turns uh, out it wasn't yeah. anything like it, and he doesn't like nothing's, it at all. Nothing's like what you have in Las Vegas. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, it, it, yeah. speaking of like nostalgia and rose-colored glasses, that place will get you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, I love the wine, and he's like, well, keep it. And I'm like, I will never say no to that. So Yeah, yeah don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty happy about it. We'll see how it pairs with a turkey soup. I probably pretty well. Like plum, fruity, kind of fruity stuff going with turkey. Yeah, yeah. I could see it definitely working out. I mean, I like turkey with cranberry sauce, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't see why not. Anyway. Um, Uh, Let's let's bring this up a little bit. Let's, uh, (laughs) Let's spark this a little with, I mean, I really like time to get away. Really? Okay, okay. Yeah. Let me start playing it real quick. It's time to get away. It's time to get away from you. It's time to get away. It's time to get away from you. You bought a lot of money. About me. This is one of those songs where you kind of hear um, like a screechier side of his vocals, and uh, it definitely he he delves yeah. into falsetto a bit more. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the band? Um, the line about being impossibly tanned after the dad line in the last song kind of made me think of this. Is this the band where the the lead singer is like a redhead, like super super redhead, like pale skin redhead? You know, now that I think about it. I don't think I've seen a picture of him that's not black and white. Okay. Well, listeners, if if you know what band I'm thinking of, where it's kind of a similar sounding band, uh, they have a music video with like an all white background and there's dancers dancing through doorways. Uh, if you can think of that, then you should get a hold of me on Twitter at EchoPod, um, on Instagram at Echo Podcast. We also on Facebook, um, or on SecretWeaponProductions.com. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna remind me of that, that'd be great. So time to get away. Uh, <laughs> I some of the lyrics of this are so random. I it's it's so, but I think that's why it fits so well right here. Like you, you open the album with "Get an Oculus," which is like you said, kind of a serious undertaking, but it's a little ridiculous, and it's also seven minutes long. But then you immediately transition into "Time to Get Away," which is four minutes long. It's funky. It's weird. Uh, I think it it's trying to kind of bring it back to more of what LCD sound system sounds like in general, because mm-hmm. getting innocuous mm-hmm. is a little strange for what they usually do. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, me too. But it is definitely strange, and it takes a long time to get where it's going. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't know. I think I think this is uh, like the general feeling of this song is fairly obvious. Um, it's just like kind of bringing up that feeling of it's time to change something, you know, mm-hmm. it's time to, he's like looking back at his life and saying like, you know, I used to, I used to, well, I, I mean, he repeats a ton. I think I used to pity you. Yeah. And when he says, you know, I used to pity you, I, I, 
this song kind of made me wonder. I'm like, all right, is this about a toxic friendship, a friendship that went toxic? Is this about a relationship, or is this like actually about a city? I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to get a read on this. But I think that's the great part about it is that it, it's so multifaceted that you can apply it to kind of whatever you need to apply it to. Yeah. While at the same time sounding like the the hoo hoo hoos and stuff, sound like yeah. it could be in like a shampoo commercial. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. it's just this weird clash of like snarky lyrics and like I'm over this bullshit lyrics with this super upbeat funky pop sound. Yeah. Oh yeah, and emphasis on the funk again. Mm-hmm. This this mm-hmm. whole album is like it's built for modern punk fan or funk fans. Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of the punk sensibilities or funk or punk. Sorry. Funk. Funk, I accidentally yes. said punk the first time, which it has a few <laughs> punk elements, but you know that dance much, punk. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I don't uh, think that even exists. Um, nah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it lends itself very well to funk fans. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, anyone who's like who likes you know what Niles is putting out. Um, yeah, it's good. It's it's hard to like. Man, for me to recommend this album to someone, I, I'd have to give like a lot of uh, pre. I don't know. I'd have to give like a lot of warnings of like, hey, a just so of, you know, yeah. you need to listen to this entire album all the way through before you make any kind of judgment. Yeah, like, <laughs> and don't probably just... a few times. Yeah, yeah, and like if you find yourself just getting stuck on all my friends and repeating that over and over again, don't worry. We all did that the first time we listened yeah. to this album. <laughs> like, yeah, we, just we, we made to. it through the first half and then <laughs> forgot that there was a second half uh-huh, because we uh-huh. spent we spent like six months on the first half of the album. Yep, I found myself doing that multiple times getting ready for this episode. Yeah, I'd listen up to all my friends and I'd be like, oh, that's a great time to shut off and do something else. Like, yep, yeah, <laughs> or just put that song on repeat for a couple times. Oh so good i know so um oh boy this this uh this conversation is kind of disjointed like this album (laughs) it is just like (laughs) it's just kind of like weirdly upbeat and funky Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i mean we're both in a good mood it's it's hard not to be when there's turkey sitting on you i know god my Mm. whole house smells like smoked turkey broth yeah i stepped outside to um sand some i'm priming a bunch of i'm I'm doing a bunch of paintings oh nice primed my panels and I was sanding the primer to smooth it down so I can finally get to painting and um I, I walked back into my house from outside and I'm just like oh sweet mercy <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy <laughs> uh, it was excellent so man <laughs> so my chair reclines uh, a little bit it's got some oh, tilt man. to it and uh, when I tilted back up when you said something I realized that I've drank more wine than I anticipated <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't have felt that, but I did. But I did feel that. Uh-oh. Mm, uh-oh. I watched the tapes.
Clark, it's three o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> it's three o'clock little... on a Sunday. Where am I gonna go, man? <laughs> that's a that's an excellent point. Oh man, I all I have to go to after this is eating my turkey soup. So I'm in a good place. Oh my God. Dude, we live such a similar life. <laughs> it's amazing. We're both total hermits and look forward to dinner every day. Mm. I feel like our fans are going to be so disappointed in this episode. They're going to be like, oh, we're just listening to um, two guys. We'll huh? talk about kinda... turkey. Yeah. Too bad, suckers, our podcast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah suck it. <laughs> I'm going to, dude, I'm getting like, I'm getting like vicariously drunk with you. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to start getting more daily and all that. I'm so okay with this. Uh Man, at least it's not like, um, have you listened to the other podcast on the network, uh, Dizzy Channel, Original Friendship? Uh, I listened to the first couple episodes, but I haven't listened in a while. <laughs> well, shout out to those guys. The whole premise is uh, our two friends, Maya and Adair, they uh, watch a Disney Channel original movie and like they, they get drunk as they do it. Um, so they do like this pre-recording show where they talk about what they're going to, um, they talk about what they're going to watch. They introduce their guests and stuff like that. And then it does like this little time hop where all of a sudden they've watched the movie and they're back to talking about it again. And just the tone of the episode is so different because everybody is just like toasty. And there's like, it goes from like, you know, telling stories and being, you know, all, all proper and stuff to just being like, oh yeah. And then that's it. And it just changes the whole thing. It's so funny. Um, so if we ever do a listening party episode, we should totally do that. Where it's just, yep. we come back and we're just like, yeah, that's the stuff. <laughs> Uh, but um, quick side note um uh, what's what's the status of the christmas special uh you know i've written some stuff um are we gonna do uh, like a like an original radio play yeah yeah i guess i'll tease it a little bit so the plan is if i can manage to corral all these cats in one place or just you know if i can get them all recorded separately uh, we want to do like a little radio play to yeah. celebrate uh the first christmas we've had a secret weapon productions uh to celebrate just the the friendships that have been developed and built on from it uh but we want to do a little bit of a radio play kind of going around the theme of um like secret weapon productions being this this dark undercover operation you know building mysterious creatures and weapons and stuff like that uh kind of mad scientist vibes because uh, that's you know our marketing is a little bit about that but mm-hmm. anyway we want to do a radio play um with all the hosts i'm still yeah so i'm still in the process of writing it um it should be good it's probably it's probably going to be relatively short but we're going to put it on every single podcast's feed so nice. uh it it's a good chance to kind of meet some of the hosts from our other shows uh there's a lot of good ones out there uh my friend dan like he's he's a co-founder of secret weapon productions but he just started a podcast with our friend adair it's called slow claps and rewrites where they're both writers and um they're, one is in Seattle, the other's in New York, and they talk about the industry and what moves them, and they pick a quote from an author each time. So it, there's just a lot of uh, good people and good talent going into it, and I think it's going to be a really fun little little yeah. holiday radio play. That sounds awesome. I'm going to get sufficiently drunk for that. Mm-hmm. Do you want my uh, notes about it? Let's see. Yeah. So Secret Weapon Holiday. I, I, can, help you, uh, I can help you with that. Dude, if totally. You, if you need right now, I... Uh, under Riley, under character descriptions, I have written either the DJ or the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh my still... god, my, my two aspirations in life. <laughs> so I'm still deciding on that. Either you know you me are... so well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so either you're the one spinning discs for the holiday party, and we're like, all right, Riley, cut the music. I have an announcement to make. Or I'll be like, Riley, Riley, a dare just spill their wine. Uh, and you'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 you got it. And I'm like, man, that Riley, he really hates interacting with people. So those are my notes for you. DJ Great. or janitor, question mark. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk more after the show how you can help me with that. I'll, okay, sounds I'll good. gladly take it. But anyway, back to the song. Yeah, wow. God, I've this been listening to tapes on repeat for 20 minutes. <laughs> me too. It's good. Yeah, I'm definitely watching all the tapes. Yeah. Ugh. So, watch the tapes. There's um, there's another reference in here to being 25. So Yeah, yeah. I feel like that... <laughs> I mean... I, I feel like we found the age of the, uh, the author at the time. Yeah, which... I'm not certain if that's accurate. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess he could just be talking to a 25-year-old, or he could be talking about when he turned 25. Yeah. Uh, but that's in the outro. I'll play a little bit of the outro for you, sure. So this is the part where he talks about read all the pamphlets and watch the tapes, you turned 25, and now you're all out of escapes. Come on. Here you go. So he was 25 in 1995. What? This guy's so, uh, much older than I anticipated. Yeah, he he wrote this when he was, uh, let's see, 32? Whoa. Huh. That puts a different light on it. Yeah. Huh. Uh, oh, wow. So He's... what would you say this song is even about? I think, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean... Yeah, I don't know either, man. Uh, <laughs> um, I I think it's it's kind of a it's kind of, I can feel a little hostility towards the music industry in here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think when he's when he he mentions a couple things that I, I feel like are aimed at the music industry, mm. or at least his lack of success thus far. Um, he says avoid all the plans because we're making our day jobs into a steady career. Like he's avoiding plans making, <laughs> he's avoiding his plans for making it big as a musician because he's slowly realizing that he's turning his day job into a career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and at the very end of the song, he also mentions, Hey, the rock writer told me to tell you though you're great and you're brave. You still lack that, which makes you a star. Mm, you just Read don't have it, kid. Read you all the don't. pamphlets and watch the tapes. It's like, you don't quite have it, but if you read all the pamphlets and watch the tapes, you'll you'll get it. If you yeah. follow if you follow code and do be more like else that everybody else does. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, I that's the feel I get from it. I don't know. I mean, no, I think you're right, and it, it definitely talks about people getting sucked into the music industry too, where it's like people saying they came for the weekend, but he knows they're gonna stay and just fall into the cycle of of kind of being led on by the industry and the allure of it. Uh, which New York can definitely do. I mean, things don't work out and you know, everyone's like, Oh, that's all right. You know, you have to try a thousand times to get it that one time. And you just kind of keep letting yourself get walked all over. Um, if you're not, if you're not really sure what you want, or if you don't have a clear vision for it and clear drive for it, people just take advantage of that at every turn. Uh, Whereas the people who can actually like kind of climb their way out of it, they're the ones who stick to their convictions and they don't change for anybody. And that's kind of what makes them stand out as opposed to the millions of people that just get walked all over because they are willing to, to Mm -hmm. um, sacrifice parts of themselves and their personality and their goals. Uh, And they just get chewed up and spat out. So 
that's kind of my take on it for sure yeah yeah i think it's i think that's kind of sums up about i i don't know i don't get i I don't get a whole lot out of this song aside from it's really fun to listen to yeah it's super fun i i don't regret listening to it for the last 20 minutes no me either (laughs) (laughs) uh but there is a song that's a little more of a downer if you're ready to talk about new york i love you but you're bringing yeah yeah Uh, I love this song. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to play just the first verse of it for you because it's a very good uh, impression of what the whole thing is like. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Like a rat in a cage. Pulling minimum wage New York, I love you But you're bringing me down New York, you're safer And you're wasting my time Our records all show You are filthy but fine yeah, so this is pretty damn representative of how New York can make you feel, and I can I'm I'm so glad that I can speak with firsthand experience. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, we've got a resident <laughs> New York expert here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a year and a half, which some would say it's like, oh, so you visited New York, and I'm like, eh, shut up. Mm-hmm. I, I I lived there for a bit. Um, but New York is is the place that you just love to hate, and people in New York will talk so much shit about New York. But at the end of the day, they're living there and they're going through all the effort of being there because there's something about it you just can't quite get anywhere else. And despite all of the frustration and all of the just being run down to the ground, it's just like, I love you, man, but you are exhausting and you suck sometimes. And, yeah. and the people here suck. Uh, yeah, so this song just resonates with so much truth. Um, it's also kind of anti brooklyn hipster movement which is interesting because i mean 2006 it it had certainly started but it wasn't nearly as prevalent as it is today 10 years later uh where it's like all of bed-stuy is just is just hipsters now and they're taking over i mean more and more neighborhoods so i feel like this song was very much they had their fingers on the pulse of new york and what it was and where it was going yeah and i it even like even the style of the song reminds you of like I don't know, it reminds me of like how a Sinatra song about New York would start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like nice and slow and simple and talking about how you love New York. It's like, it reminds me of New York, New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if Ben Folds did New York, New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so, it, it's got that LCD touch to it, you know. Especially uh, later on in the song, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, when he starts to, when it really kind of breaks down. <laughs> um, maybe we should maybe we should play a little bit of that. Yeah, I'll get you a little bit further on in the song. Here you go. For kids who think it still exists. Yes, for those who think it still exists. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong and just maybe you're right.
so that uh, that's like that's where you can definitely hear lcd sound system come out um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i think the lyricism here too is it's super clever and kind of quirky and that fits very well with his model too um I, like i don't know i trying to find the right i uh, i like the new york i love you but you're freaking me out there's a ton <laughs> of the twist but we're fresh out of shout <laughs> like, it's just yep. like that's just great i mean like you, you never that's just a i mean that's just a fun line <laughs> <laughs> it is and it, it's like it gives this exasperated feeling like we're fresh out of shout, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of emphasized, too, when, uh, you know, in the next verse where he says, like a death of the heart, Jesus, where do I start? Yeah. <laughs> but you're still the pool. You're still the one pool where I'd happily drown. Yeah, oh, that that's the essence of the song right there. You're still yep. the one pool where I'd happily drown. It's uh, like these people are willing to just give up and die here. Yeah. <laughs> even though they, even though... They have such a tumultuous relationship with it. And this song captures so much better. So there's a pop song on the radio right now, and it goes, I love you, I hate you, I hate that I love you, I can't live without you, whatever. And it's just so annoying because it's just on the nose, and it's such like this cliche of relationships. Yeah. I love you, I hate you, I can't live without you. And I'm just like, if you hate him, leave him. Like, yeah, duh. If there's a big part of him that you hate enough that you say I hate it, then like there might be someone better for you. But yeah. Uh, Anyway, this song does a better job of, of balancing that whole mixed emotions feeling. Yeah, oh, for sure. And yeah, and even, is... you know, you talk to my buddy Dan, who's happily in New York. It's going to take a lot to pry that kid out of New York. Yeah, um, oh, he was he was built for New York, though. Yeah, yeah, he loves it, which is weird because he was homeschooled and a total loser for the first, like, 20 years. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> until, until you saved him. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Birth of the cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a whole another album we need to talk about yeah wow that'll be i i don't know um i might have to find like some heroin before that episode and just, yeah like, to get really get in the headspace well it's uh, too bad you don't live in new york anymore <laughs> right because <laughs> all we have here is meth uh sad but true i know pour one out for montana uh not pouring out this plum wine no no sir. no no i'm onto water now so i'll do the honors there you go <laughs> as i hear your like computer pop and sizzle from the electronics <laughs> <laughs> so yeah new york you're i love you but you're bringing me down honestly like with the cd I, i'm starting to run out of standout songs uh there's definitely gonna be a couple that i just don't really just don't do as much for me like um get, get innocuous, innocuous and sound of silver are both kind of mediocre to me but yeah sound of i think sound is... of silver is super fun uh maybe we'll we'll talk about that one briefly yeah yeah totally it's another song um, about growing up and feeling like maybe you're getting just a bit too old for this shit yeah uh the best part about it i think is that if you look so it's seven minutes long mm-hmm. um and if you look at the lyrics it's not even a paragraph yeah like i'm just gonna play all of the lyrics for you in in one go just here you are the sound of silver talk to me makes you want to feel like a teenager until you remember the feelings of a real life emotional teenager then you think again sound of silver talk to me makes you want to feel like a teenager until you remember the feelings of 
Yeah, not much to work with, but he he does a lot with a little, I'd say. Yeah, um, it's it you know it's kind of harkening back to the same sort of nostalgia he's been dealing with this whole album, um, of like, of hearing something or feeling something that makes you want to go back and feel like a teenager, you mm-hmm. know, because that's mm-hmm. when it was good, that's when it was easy, <laughs> but then once you get there, you realize that you were in a very unsettled, um, you know, I, I hate, I don't want to use the word tumultuous again. I just used it. Uh, <laughs> visceral. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it has been a few episodes since I've used that. It has. Um, you, you could go all uh, presidential candidate and do tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> that word's back. Oh boy. Um, <sighs> tumultuous um, i don't know rocky rocky yeah like a, an unsettled unstable point in your life mm-hmm. and it's not all that much fun to be like that and it makes you rethink uh rethink committing to any nostalgia so do you think when he says sounds of silver is he referring to the the silver screen of an earlier era or is he referring to the slowly changing of his hair's color what do you what do you think he's re- re- like referencing there because I, I kind of, uh, I think it could go either way. Like the sound of silver yeah. is the sound of um, just olden times. I don't know. Yeah. I like, I like the hair interpretation though. Because yeah. he's got these yeah. other little nods to him looking old. Yeah, with the dad <laughs> face, right? <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, he's definitely a gray guy. Um, yeah, yeah. James Murphy. Sorry, we, I, we haven't even mentioned who he is. Uh, Which is weird because that's name's... a name that people hear James Murphy and they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he did that shit with the Gorillas and yeah. <laughs> with a bunch of other bands. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so James Murphy, in- incredible musician. Um, but, th- yeah, I think he's, I mean, he's a super great guy. So I think that's that's an easy interpretation to make of, like... <laughs> him waking up and looking in the mirror and seeing all his silver hair and wanting to go back to being a teenager, you know? But Um, then you remember. (laughs) Then you remember how shitty it was. (laughs) Oh, man. Because you had no self-confidence. You're going through all these changes you didn't know how to interpret. And, I mean, of course, if you know what you know now, then that wouldn't be a problem. But you don't. I mean, that's part of being a teenager is that you're not, you don't have the worldly experience that you need to to get out of that mindset and some people i mean some people don't get out of that mindset their entire lives but yeah um, i mean you'll still run into people who go all seinfeld and be like what's with women oh <laughs> they're so complicated you just they don't know what they want and i'm like bro i just know that they don't want you that's all yeah. you need to feel like. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing that we're certain of here <laughs> <laughs> they know what they want it's just not what you want them to want so yeah there you go yeah. um yeah, I mean, so people this, just don't this whole, Yeah, this song is really just kind of like, kind of really just asking you to think about the question, is it worth is it worth it to go back and, and relive these experiences? Yeah, and nope, no it's and not. Nope, yep, I'm happy with where I'm at. So. Yeah, he wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, as he talks about in All My Friends, he wouldn't trade it for anything. But, yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> It's weird because I used to think to myself, looking back, like, "Oh man, simpler times." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, in some ways, in some ways, Uh, but in other ways, like, I can just have like a clear headspace now, and I can just think thoughts in a logical way and make plans and stick to plans so much better now than I ever ever could. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, 
in some ways things are so much more straightforward now yeah because they're all it's all up to you basically yep yep and if someone like drops a plate full of food and it goes everywhere instead of like freaking out and be like oh what this is gonna be a story uh instead i i'm just like all right you sweep the glass up you keep the dog away like it's just like i can yeah. just respond to stuff in so much more of like a this head, on, head on my shoulders way oddly specific example uh no nah, nothing to do with thanksgiving that's for sure <laughs> 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 nothing to do with that season no never never people <laughs> carrying full plates of food while drinking copious amounts of wine never turns into that nope wasn't me yeah nope <laughs> the counter got taller i swear so yeah <laughs> oh god you're not already getting shorter are you we're not that old <laughs> i hope not uh, my, my dad keeps telling me i'll get another growth spurt at 30 so yeah well there you go that's, that's all we're waiting for <laughs> the doctor was a little confused when i told him that but you know who knows? <laughs> i think i think one more fun song here that we have to talk about is north american scum Yes, yes. You said that was, uh, you know, one of the first songs that... that yeah, okay. it was absolutely the first song that got me onto this album. Oh, I don't know, I don't know, oh, where to begin. We are North Americans. And for those of you who still think we're from England, we're not, no. We bit our planes and our trains till we think we might die. Far from North America. Where the buildings are old, and you might have lots of mimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I I just love the tone of it. It's almost like he's he's mocking mocking us for the way that we look at ourselves. You know. Yeah. Um. But there's a there's a tone of of seriousness underneath. You know. Um. But yeah, he's the whole song has kind of this tone of being proud to be from north america you know and yeah by, the, yeah by that you assume he means just like united states of america america yeah it just doesn't flow as well yeah <laughs> um but like I... we are north americans and for those of you who think we're who still think we're from england we're not <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's that sense of patriotism that he's tapping into there as close as this guy gets to patriotism Exactly, but then the next line is, we build our planes and our trains till I think we might die. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Which is, it's industrialization to a fault, you know, which is absolutely hitting the nail on the head for for how a lot of us feel, you know. I will say this episode, or sorry, whoa, this song... It, it to me, is um, reminiscent of the Gorillaz' self-titled album. With, oh, yeah. like, Clint Eastwood and the Rock the House and all that. I yeah. feel like you could drop in Damon Albarn's uh, vocals in place, and it would kind of fit. Especially, yeah. you know, when the when the female-sounding singer, I'm not sure, but when the, when the other vocalists come in for the oohs and the ahs and stuff like yeah. that, it's kind of a very early Gorillaz uh funk sound yeah so and like another funky song like that bass line is thick mm-hmm. yeah it's super thick there's a bit more of um i don't know if there's an effect on it this time around but it's certainly a bit muddier it's uh, i i believe the effect is called gorillas ah uh-huh, yes yes <laughs> i like it yeah and this reminds me a lot of like i said rock the house uh which is a very good gorilla song yeah it's not it's never gonna be like one of their best but it, it was a standout from that album that's so. yeah that's that whole album yeah um but yeah it's like and there's still some of that really quirky lyricism in here um mm-hmm. <laughs> there's uh, a surprising amount of lyrics in this song this I is know. one of the, one of the gets, denser songs he gets through a lot 
Um, <laughs> far from North America where the buildings are old and you might have lots of mimes. <laughs> That's France like, for you. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Yeah, I thought it. I thought it said mines for the longest time, like landmines. No mimes. But, nope, mimes. It's like that's a funny thing that, to pick out uh, from European culture. Well, it's definitely <laughs> something that never made its way into North American culture. That's true. Like that. That stayed on that side of the ocean. Yeah, very true. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I bet these guys really did get sick of of people thinking they were from the UK, though. I mean, obviously they wrote yeah. a song about it, but like, man, it's. <laughs> It's which is weird. They don't have accents. None of their songs are particularly. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I love it. He's got another uh, slam against New York in here. <laughs> I think it evolves into a, a fairly serious slam against all of us. But uh, it starts on the third verse. He says, "New York's the greatest if you get someone to pay the rent." Wahoo, <laughs> North America, and it's <laughs> it's the furthest you can live from the government. Uh huh. Some fat American Christians might disagree. <laughs> Here in North America. But New, <laughs> but York's, New York's the only place we're keeping them off the street. <laughs> That's just great. That's, uh, this song is so much fun to listen to. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then right after that, <laughs> boohoo, now we can't have parties like in Spain where they go all night shut down in North America or like Berlin where they go another night. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nope. It, and then he talks about how, you know, if you did that in America, you'd get busted up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> he tried once and his parents got mad. Uh, it's just so funny. And at the same time, he's right though. Like you go to Barcelona or Madrid and like you party all night in a way that like, even, even when I was in New York and when I did go to, bars and stuff like that there was a certain point around like three o'clock where everybody's like all right shit's late man like and the cities are kind of getting to where it's dead and you're like it'd be unsafe if i stayed longer because nothing good comes after 3 a.m yeah (laughs) whereas in barcelona like you honestly can't tell it's past 3 a.m because there's still just people everywhere everywhere Uh, so definitely can relate to to that Um, yeah we think we party uh, hard in North America, but eh. <laughs> no. we also yeah. think we're a super old country with lots of history. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, we're not. Not at all. Yeah. They're like, um, oh, we're standing well, on this old West town. And you're like, yeah, from 200 years ago. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. oh my. Um, I just love the fact. Can I just say that I love the fact that he sneaks in the line, don't blame the Canadians. <laughs> at the very end (laughs) like he's talking about north america but he wants to make certain that we don't blame the canadians so what other part of north america is there oh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is it's kind of him you know yeah i'm sure the canadians are a little bit our canadian neighbors (laughs) that they've got it way more figured out (laughs) in some aspects for sure oh Oh, man. man this song is just too much fun yeah, which is weird because it's followed by my my song just changed over. Yeah, I think I think this might be. I mean, for a lot of people, this is this is like the LCD sound system ballad. Yeah. So this next song uh, that comes up in the album is called "Someone Great." Uh, it's another one of those kind of longer songs, so I'm just going to feed you a bit of the instrumentals from the beginning.
So yeah, this I mean this song I I relate more to all my friends because it's more pertinent to my life, but I have never lost somebody that I'm super close with. Yeah, and it it makes sense because it says um in the little booklet it says the album is dedicated to the memory of uh Dr. George Carmen, <clears throat> who was a group therapist and he was highly respected uh by James Murphy. I believe like at the end of the day he was James Murphy's therapist. Huh. Which makes sense because like why else would he be talking about him so much but his wife hadn't met him? Uh, so that when they went and saw him in the casket, he was, he was smaller than the wife had pictured. And she was surprised he was even human because of how much, um, James had just like talked him up and talked about him, that it was just hard for his wife to believe that he was just some guy, you know? Yeah. That, that makes the, the line, I miss the way we used to argue locked in your basement make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's a song about a relationship, but it's by no means romantic. Um, yeah. It just carries a lot of the same baggage of a romantic relationship because there's the level of trust. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you heard the instrumentals. It's not a sad-sounding song. Uh, it's really the lyrics that make it a little bit sad. Um, yeah. And just the name of it, Someone Great, and that he's talking about the passing of time and, and talking about how he shouldn't have been surprised that he died because there was, you know, looking back, there were signs, you know, the way he breathed, the way he carried himself, you could tell there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like your therapist is going to be like, Hey, just so you know, I'm dying. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's the last thing that you <laughs> yeah. want a therapist to do, you know? So, and it's, I mean, it's amazing to me how well he, tailored the lyrics of this song to fit into i mean this could be applied to any relationship like you said mm-hmm. he, he doesn't include anything in here that specifically makes it about like a therapeutic relationship you know no this could just as easily be an aunt an uncle a grandma a, a girlfriend yeah. uh, but he does capture the feeling of i don't know if you get this but sometimes when the phone rings it rings at a time where you think to yourself, that's not good. Yeah, like, I know. There is that's no pretty much any time reason. my phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, totally. Especially if it's my parents. Mm. Yeah, but this song kind of makes a reference to that, to where it's like, you know, I wake up and the phone is ringing, surprised as it's early, and that should be the perfect warning that something's a problem. No one likes being woken up in the morning by a phone call because it's either work calling you in Uh uh or it's an emergency from somebody. Yep. Like no one calls you at 630 in the morning to just chat. No, no. State Farm's not going to be like, hey, you know, we saw you missed this piece of paperwork. I was wondering if you'd bring it in today. Like, (laughs) no, (laughs) 
not gonna happen no uh, and even telemarketers don't call then no because they know better so yeah. uh very relatable song for anyone who's kind of had to go through and process the loss of someone close to them mm-hmm. uh but at the end uh, of the day this guy's got to keep living his life yeah and i love that that section where he just repeats and he keeps coming and he keeps coming mm-hmm. and he keeps coming till the day it stops That's just, I mean, that's the reality that we all have to face after losing somebody close to us, you know, like, for us, it's just going to keep coming and coming and coming. Yeah. And there's no way to put it on pause to recuperate from this, you know? Yeah. And he, and he also, like, ties it in with his work where he says, like, there's all this work that needs to be done. It's late for revision. There's all the time and all the planning and songs. And, like, he's talking about how he's trying to finish up an album. Yeah. And then, you know, it's 2006 when this guy died. And he's already working on this album. And then he loses this guy and he mm-hmm. needs, you know, he's on a deadline. The record company's like, all right, we got to get this out. It's, you know, we want to release it in February. And and he just has to keep working through the whole creative process while mourning the passing of someone. So when he says, like, it just keeps coming, it just keeps coming till the day it stops. Like, it, that's both his emotions and the workload that he can't ignore. Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of a song that he used to funnel the energies into this song as a way to mourn while creating yeah for sure i yeah this this song had to be like a i don't want to say an afterthought but definitely written after some of the other ones Mm. and you can feel that just tonality like it it feels different and Mm -hmm. it definitely brings on a warmer tone there's nothing fun about this song there's nothing um so it definitely it, it it's kind of sad that it fits so well into the song and i'm so glad that this song exists um, because it took a really unfortunate occurrence for it to exist. Yeah, and but, that, but I mean that's the silver linings thing, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the the number of people that he has helped through difficult losses with this song has to help him get over, <laughs> you know, deal with what happened to his therapist. Yeah, and I'm gonna play um, just a bit of the last part when he says, "When someone great is gone." Uh, just kind of let you hear what we're talking about here. So yeah, good song. What a what a great uh, song. What a great lead into all my friends. Yeah. <laughs> The combo of those two is just, it's awesome. That is, yeah. that is a powerful 14 minutes of music right there. It really is. And that, I mean, you said that you, the next album got a lot more, um, even more positive critical acclaim. Or, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there, I think it was, it was more popular than this one, but it's these two songs that make this album for me. Mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. following album called this is happening came out in 2010 three years later um, mm-hmm. and from what i just from what i've heard talking to people about this band that's a more popular album hmm. um but i i'm a personal fan of sound of silver and like i said mostly because of someone great and all my friends yeah and just the way it all kind of flows together it's a super fun album um 
but it's got those nostalgic tinges to it that that kind of keep you grounded. Yeah, and it comes in pretty short. Uh, before, sorry, <clears throat> before recording, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna listen to it, you know, one more time all the way through. And I listened to it one more time all the way through, and then I realized I still had like 40 minutes, and I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I guess I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, it clocks in just under an hour. Uh, I guess I've been listening to longer albums recently, so it felt short. Uh, yeah. But it definitely flies by. <sighs> it's a great album, though. Um, yeah. Are there it's... any more? I, I realize we just talked about like most of the songs. <laughs> I know. I mean, we we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Get Innocuous, but it's eh. the only one. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, and the the song title, this is, I feel like this is fairly rare. The song title has an exclamation mark in it. <laughs> yeah, it's like Yahoo. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like something, something exciting about this song, which, I mean, we kind of, we kind of brushed it aside, like, eh, we don't have much to say about it, but it's absolutely... Quintess- it, like it's it's absolutely essential to this album. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good innocuous. It's good. Uh, I really like the like quasar sounds. <laughs> yeah, I know it's great. <laughs> and it, it, he just like how they evolve over time. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So it's uh, fun stuff. It sounds a little bit like the Blue Man Group in parts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is okay. I've seen yeah. the Blue Man Group. It's oh uh, yeah, it's me a too. It's a, it's a great, great show. <laughs> it definitely feels a little bit inspired. Have you seen their Tiny Desk concert, the Blue Man Group? No. <laughs> They bring on more props than I've ever seen for a tiny oh desk. It must have taken them all day to set up everything. Oh, I should watch that. Yeah, and they go they go beyond the desk, which is kind of cheating. But when you have that many props, um, you've got to got to expand a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, the tiny desk concert. I feel like I'm going to talk about tiny desk concerts a lot in this uh, show. But um, they bring on Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros turns out there's like you know yeah. think of think of the biggest hippie van you can think of and how many how many people you can cram into there uh that's how many were there for the tiny desk concert for edward sharp in the yeah, and then series. multiply it by two yeah yeah because he had like his whole hippie have a really cult hard time yeah they have a really hard time saying no to their friends when they want to be in their band uh-huh uh-huh and like, yeah uh, sure you can play the spoons yeah it's fine and you look into edward sharp's eyes and he looks over at the camera at one point and you're like whoa this guy could tell anybody to do anything, and they'd just be like, yes, sir. Sure you know? thing. Yep. Yeah. He's a very charismatic cult leader. So <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. I uh, don't know where that came from, but uh, I wonder if LCD Sound System has a tiny desk concert. Mm, I'll have to I look that know. up. Yeah. If I find it, it'll be in the show notes, which is at secretweaponproductions.com. Uh, you can also reach us again at echopod on twitter at echo podcast on instagram we're also on facebook uh any other last notes about this album or no i mean i i would say i personally put this album belongs in like my top five favorite albums top five holy cow i just like there's so much it came to me at such an important time in my life i think Hmm. it, it places itself right up there 
Um, if not top five, top ten. But well, but. huh? So speaking of top ten, uh, our next oh, yeah, yeah. episode is going to be like top ten picks from twenty sixteen. Uh, we we are going to take is songs, not albums. So yeah, songs, not albums, which is good because albums would be uh, a little bit trickier. Um, but top ten songs, it is going to be purely opinion based. Some of the songs I'll pick, you know, you might be like, what? That's There's clearly better songs. And it's like, yeah, but maybe I haven't listened to them. Maybe I didn't like them. Whatever. It's, yeah, let's let's start off by just saying that it is actually impossible to listen to every song that was produced in 2016. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unless you're so, like Bob Boylan or something, but even then. <laughs> so <sighs> this is gonna, it's going to be obviously skewed towards music that we involve ourselves with. Or that our listeners get us involved with. Um, yeah, but we're I'm gonna we're gonna try and have an order to the songs. Like yeah, a, a clear number ten, number nine, number eight, and so forth. And and Riley and I are definitely gonna have our fair share of picks on there, but we want some listener feedback as well. Absolutely. Uh, so you can reach us at those channels I just mentioned earlier. We definitely do want to hear your top ten songs, or even just like you know your your favorite one. And if we get more than one of one, then it's definitely definitely going to make it on the list. Um, so yeah, it's good. And we've gotten a lot of feedback from you guys lately. I think I'm going to do a little mini episode about that. Uh, yeah, we've but... gotten we've gotten a few interactions this week with just random suggestions and things that we need to look into so maybe we'll do a, a customer appreciation episode yeah absolutely customer <laughs> <laughs> listener appreciation there we go <laughs> i spend too much time at work uh, if um, only we were making money off of these guys right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about pipe dreams yeah right um, <laughs> well um i guess that's all we have for you this episode yeah, yeah, uh, it's been this has been really fun this is a great this uh, the uplifting uh, album that we needed after last week yeah yeah i i had so many qualms about editing that episode and i was so nervous about it and that's why it took me so long to get it out because it's <laughs> just like <sighs> this is big you know we, we kind of were a bit raw and that's always hard to put out to the world especially yeah. when there's just more and more of you every day and it's just yeah. like pretty raw but we did it we're fine we've heard good things about it um so thanks for all the love and uh we'll catch you in a couple weeks 